had a dream. Almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to TV Concierge, a podcast on TheRinger.com that helps you navigate the vast streaming landscape. I am Charles Holmes. I host The Ringer Music Show, and you are about to listen to a special preview of The Ringerverse feed, where myself and Van Lathan discuss Zack Snyder's Justice League and what we thought about it. Enjoy. The movie, I don't think there's really anything genre busting about the movie the movie follows to me a, a very a, a very typical structure that a team up would would, would follow okay i'll give you it, 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 it introduces you to the characters gives you their motivation for getting together gives you a little bit of their history they get together they fight the big evil and now they have a bond that seemingly seemingly uh will exist on into the future something that wasn't they were heroes alone before and now they're heroes together give us your general review of the Snyder Cut. Right now, it has a 75% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 97 audience score. Insanity. Both, both career highs for, for Zack Snyder. Tell us Insanity. what Insanity. Fixed, fixed. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy. Like, we need the recount, okay? Because I will tell you, the Snyder Cut was better than the Whedon Cut, but that's not saying much because that's almost like he just had to trip over the bar to make it over. I just don't know, like, who could, like, watch this movie and not leave just being like, what did I just, like, this was a mess. Like, it was a, it felt almost like a car accident that I was, like, I wanted to watch and, like, I wanted to see what would happen. But for large parts of the movie, I'm like, it just felt self-indulgent. It was like I got high and, like, somebody's like, you want to eat a tub of icing? And I was just like, sure, that sounds great. Did you enjoy it? That's, that's, my, that's my question to you. You haven't told me whether you enjoyed it or not. What kind of icing? Damn, that sounds good. I did. I did. I, like, I, 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 I did enjoy it. You I enjoy, actually enjoyed it. I did. Hours. Well, you can't enjoy all four hours. It's like being in love. Now, that's not my question. Like, well, well, here's the thing. It's like being in love. Like, if you're in a relationship, some people think that when once you're in a relationship that every single moment of every single day that you're super in love with your partner. No, you fall in and out of love, but it's the overall experience that you enjoy. You're describing Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, whatever. I would say <laughs> that uh, I would say that with the Snyder Cut, it's kind of the same thing. 
with a four-hour movie, there are going to be some things that should have been left on the cutting room floor, without a doubt. But overall, I thought this was a much better, much more coherent, and despite its runtime, a much more entertaining film. It was well, much more entertaining film than the one that came out in 2017. Oh, I'll agree. It was entertaining, but for all the wrong reasons. Let me go over some of some of them because we are, I know we already disagree. Yeah. We got to talk about the glizzy scene with Iris and Barry. Breathtaking. He's he's going to apply to, to get a job, uh, walking puppies or something like that. Iris, they're flirting. She's driving. She almost gets into a car accident. And then time stops. We see Barry's like powers for the first time. And there's just a bunch of hot dogs flying at the screen. You're telling me that this is, this is the height of superhero cinema to you. That's what you're going to tell me. What are you talking about? Yeah, like you, the, the scene, do you remember the first time we saw Quicksilver? Yes. Okay, so the first time we saw Quicksilver, not in Days of Future Past. Yes, okay. and either the very comedic, like scene where time basically stops. He's moving all the food and the well, droplets. Time, well, like time, time stops because Quicksilver's moving so fast, and he's yes. moving the drop. He's moving the droplets around. He's doing all of these things. It's showing the way he sees the world when he is using his power. To me, the reason why that scene was perfect is because so he comes in. He has this connection with this girl, right? <laughs> and listen, listen, listen to me. Stop, he comes bro. in. He has this connection with this girl. <laughs> Like, he comes in, he has this connection with this girl. He has this connection with this girl. It's the connection that he had with the girl that's actually going to end up costing her her life. Because because she's still staring at him when she drives away, still caught up in whatever little moment that is, she's not paying attention to the road, and all of a sudden, she's in a a potential life-ending event. She flies out of the car. He runs out of his shoes. So the connection damned her, but the connection is also saving her life because she just happened to be connected to the right guy, which is a perfect building block for their relationship. She happened to be connected to the guy that can save you her life. You don't think in this that's indulgent? Like, like it, it was points like that. It was when they introduce Aquaman and you get like these women singing like this sea shanty or anytime Wonder Woman comes on the screen is like, that's her theme. Is it indulgent when they played Vader's Death March? But here's the thing. When every single time it's almost like Zack Snyder is trying to hammer home, he's like, this isn't the MCU. These are modern day gods. And there were all of these like slow shots, these slow panning shots of Jason Momoa's hair flowing in the wind and Batman standing on a gargoyle. And I'm like, we get it, man. Can like, can you please just like move along the plot? Like we don't have to have a five-minute sequence about how hot Jason Momoa is as the as the sea mist hits his face. I ain't gonna lie. That nigga is fine as hell, though. <laughs> all right, all right. Excuse this is- my language. Like, 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 Jason Momoa, you know, like, like Jason, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa, like, Jason Momoa works out. That, that, that dude is... Uh, could, 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 well, I just said that, and my fiance just looked at me like, "What are you, <laughs> like, what are you talking I'm, about?" Does she disagree? Does she, does she disagree? <laughs> nah, I'm not. She's not disagreeing. She's like, "Why would I? Why would? Why would he say that? Like, why would you say that about?" Anyway, it's a whatever. Fact. I, I guess my thing is, I, I watched the scene. Number one, it showed just how much time, how how he perceives time when he's inside of the speed force, which is cool. That was that was like so cool, which I loved. And in that instant, that split second 
her life was just never in danger. Like, he's a hero. Everything is going to be okay when Flash is there. You know what I mean? For a character that really, for the majority of the film, is used as the comic relief, that, to me, was a very heroic thing. I thought it was just shot beautifully. I really thought it was a spectacular scene. I really did. I really thought... I thought... I, by the way, I thought that there was... That, 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 that type of stuff was the stuff that the first film was missing. This is what the Justice League can do. Oh, if we're talking about what the other Justice League was missing, like, there was a scene where the Flash and Superman are fighting, and you just see how both of them not only perceive time, but perceive a fight that I was like, what is that going on? That was amazing. On? It was shot so beautifully. Like, this is what I will say about Snyder. He is not like a master craftsman when it comes to plot, when it comes to dialogue, but when it comes to like that nerd boy shit and shooting superheroes in a way that makes them seem otherworldly, I have to give it up. There were so many scenes in this where I was like, oh, you managed to make Cyborg seem cool, which I thought was impossible after the Whedon cut. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of, he's basically, Zack Snyder's basically like, he's almost like the Tim Burton of action movies, meaning everything will look super cool it's hit or miss whether or not the story will be coherent. And I know that's going to fire up all the Tim Burton people because Tim Burton is a fantastic director, but sometimes the story is a little incoherent when you get it from him. But it's, it's aesthetics. It's aesthetics over, in my opinion, opinion right. plot. So let, let's say we take it out of here out of, out, of, out of five. You said the first movie got a 1.5 if we're taking it out of five. It, it, I, remember, I think I remember you saying that you would rate the first movie... No, I would rate Zach's DC whole run as like a 1.5. Okay, what do you get this what do you give the Snyder cut specifically? I'm going to give it a 2.5. I'm going to give it a 2. I think that's a strong score. That's half. That's 50%. If the plot is incoherent, mm-hmm. but I was entertained, you get a two and a half. And the reason I say that is because watching it over the course of four hours, I realized how much Zack Snyder is a vision guy. He's the guy that, like, he can see what he wants, but he's not the type of person. Like, he's not a Patty Jenkins. Like, Patty Jenkins can go and make a coherent movie that's entertaining that will please everyone. James Wan can go take Aquaman and make an entertaining movie that will entertain everyone. There's nothing worse that has been offered to the DC universe than Wonder Woman 1984. It's the worst movie we just, made by we, far. we just watched something worse. The Snyder Cut. You're out of your goddamn mind. Stop. If you Stop. think that the Snyder Cut... Charles, you're trolling me, bro. Like, I'm, I'm older than you, bro. You're, you're running my blood pressure up. You think that the Wonder Woman 1984 was better than the Snyder Cut? Yes, and you want to know why? Because it didn't, it didn't waste an extra two hours of my life. Dog, would the Snyder Cut have been better at three hours? Probably. Because there was a lot of stuff they could have left out, right? Yes. But as it stands right now, it's a good film. It's a solid film. It worked. It's it's too much of a mess for me. It's too, like, the whole time I was watching it, I was constantly just getting distracted at what he was trying to do. It was almost like Snyder, and we can talk about this later, he was planning so many other movies that sometimes it felt like I was watching a commercial for another movie instead of watching the Justice League. And the biggest way I saw it happening was Steppenwolf. 
I think Steppenwolf as a villain is a very flawed villain because at no point in the movie did I really understand why he wanted what he wanted. It was always he was going back. Well, he wanted it because he wanted it for Darkseid. Yes, but that's not a strong that's not a strong motivation for a villain to, to say if I ask you what's Steppenwolf's motivation and you explain to me he's like, "Well, he wanted to take over the world not for him, but for Darkseid." And then I ask in the movie, "Did they explain who Darkseid was to Steppenwolf?" No. Now, if you read comics like then you'll have a little bit more, but I still throughout the whole movie I'm like, "Why does Steppenwolf want to conquer this world for Darkseid? Like what is that emotional Darkseid had failed Right? Like, Darkseid had failed. They had failed. Steppenwolf wanted to come and conquer the world for Darkseid because he had fallen out of favor with him. And this was going to be... But why does he want his favor? Are they related? Does, like, does he, like... Is there some type of like interpersonal connection with them where it's like a father son thing where he wants to impress his dad or like I needed a little bit more. And all I got was this CGI monster who's covered in knives like Steppenwolf literally looks like what I would draw as a five year old, what I thought a villain should look like. All right, so <laughs> you're so mad at me right now. Okay, so what did you feel like was the biggest change? from the Joss Whedon cut of the film to the Snyder cut of the film, to, to you? To me, and I was surprised that Snyder pulled it off, so this is kudos to him, was just the character development. Whether it was Flash, whether it was Cyborg, he just gave all of these characters that in the first film, we didn't know anything about. And he, he made me, like, even though I didn't like some of the choices, like, I got why Cyborg was doing what he was doing. Whether it was... Uh, grieving his mother or trying to avenge his dad with Flash, I got, I got a, the reason why he was the Flash and why even he picked um, Ezra Miller to do that. So I think one thing I did enjoy about the four hours, and I want to know what you think, is that I did enjoy the smaller moments where we got to be with these characters a little bit. That's actually what I think was like a saving grace of the movie. What do you think? What I can't understand what happened with Cyborg the first time they made this movie. No. I, I, it, I, I don't understand it because Cyborg, if we're talking about, is a relatively new member of the Justice League, even in the comic books, right? Mm-hmm. And he come around until I think around the early 80s or something like that, or maybe No, even- Jeff Johns' run, um, which happened, I believe, in like the 2010s, was the first time Cyborg was even a member of the Justice League. Right. So I guess my thing is they definitely needed more um, they definitely needed more for Cyborg, right? Mm-hmm. And the movie, Cyborg grounded the film. Like, the erasure of Cyborg in the first movie is almost inexplicable. Oh, and it, it really and it, and it really makes you wonder about some of the, the, the claims that Ray Fisher is making against uh, Whedon and some of the other brass over at, at Warner Brothers because they ripped him out of the movie and the movie it's almost why the first movie didn't work because when you start to when you start to see Cyborg and the way he's looking at things and the way he can control things you get a full grasp of his, of his powers you get a full grasp of why he feels like he has to go out and do some of the things that he has to do you get the entire thing and it also makes a deeper connection between him and his father the first film it was like oh by the way this is his dad <laughs> But it, seriously, yeah. but it, in, in this movie, you understand why his father felt like he had to do what he did, okay? I mean, if you're a film goer, you know this stuff if you read comic books. And you also understand the strained relationship they have 
and why these things exist in the way that they do. And that even comes back at the end of the movie. So I don't understand at all, at all, why they gutted this character from the first film. But even from a story structure perspective, say like, and this is in no way me defending Joss Whedon because like, I actually think most of the things he makes are garbage. But Joss Whedon, you can't take away that he knows how to structure a story. And I don't even know how they saw the script and they were like, we need to take the audience surrogate out, which that's what Cyborg is. Like, he's this kid with powers who's like, I can hang with these gods. I can hang with Superman and Batman. I'm a hero too. And the movie does not make sense unless you have that character arc of this kid who's a football player realizing, like, his tragedy does not define him. He can still be a hero. And yeah, I, like, that's, yeah, probably why the weed and cut is dog shit is because, yeah. like, they cut all of that out. Is there anything that you liked better about the Whedon cut? Uh, besides the runtime, no. I think the Whedon cut was just tonally a mess. No, no. Like, I, I don't think there was any saving grace of that cut. No, not me neither. I mean, the lasso scene was kind of cool, you know, when he sits on the lasso. That's a well-written scene. When Aquaman sits on the lasso and he starts telling the truth because he doesn't know that he's sitting on it. Yeah. You could tell that had Josh, that's had that had Josh Whedon all over it. But but no, I I think this movie was t- to me a better movie in almost every single uh sense of the word. I said something on Twitter that kind of got people talking. People were talking about Ben Affleck in this movie as Batman, you know, and you get a lot more Batman uh, in the film. You got a lot more of everything. What do you rank him as Batman after having watched this whole movie the way Snyder intended it to go? Number Uh, one. Number one Batman. Best Batman. By far. Ben Ben Affleck is the best Batman. Best Batman by far. There's no question. My man, I I said this on Twitter. My man was shooting his shot at Wonder Woman during an apocalypse. Christian Bale could never. Michael Keaton could never. Okay, the Bruce Wayne that we get in this movie is just effortless. I be- like all of the jokes, the one-liners. I think it was Aquaman was just like, "How many satellites do you have?" He's like six. Like I was like, "Man, like dog, like I want like a whiskey drinking Bruce Wayne." Like if we want to be real. Ben Affleck carried this movie on his back. Carried it. Look, I love Batfleck, and I think. It would be a tragedy if we didn't get more after this. I love Batfleck. I don't think he's a better Batman than Michael Keaton. I really enjoy Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's the last Batman. Christian Bale's better than him. Well, not to me. But like I like I the, the all right. So here's, all right. here's, all right. here's my here's my thing about Christian Bale. Christian Bale is dope in those movies. Those movies are brilliant, right? Okay. In in all of those films, to me, Batman is consistently the least compelling part of them. Like consistently, Fair. the least compelling part of those movies. He right? gets out. He get he gets outacted in most of those movies. It's and, and and he you know as Bruce Wayne, he's pretty cool. As Batman, is he's the least compelling part of those movies. That's but fair. once again, the movies are so fucking amazing that it, that's really not even saying anything. Michael Keaton to me brought a different sort of. He almost had a Bruce Wayne sort of aura to him tortured, sort of sullen, yet confident, right on the edge of insanity, type of meticulous. And it it always struck me as the role he was sort of born to play. Like, to me, even though that's not 
really, you think Bruce Wayne is almost a more of a handsome guy. You think of Bruce Wayne as almost more of an imposing guy. But he always just worked as Bruce Wayne to me. It was, it was a lot of it. He just I always did. This but, is the um, age gap here. This is the age gap showing. This is like, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for the, for the, the you wasn't moment. outside. You wasn't, you wasn't outside. We was I, outside, I baby. I don't even think I was born. So you, you didn't, is, you didn't, you didn't get the McDonald's commemorative cup stop. that was shaped like a bat. You know what I mean? You didn't get the, you didn't get the, 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 I, I had to, you didn't get the, you weren't there when they announced that Michelle Pfeiffer was about to be Catwoman and everybody went, oh, shit. How old were you back then? How old were you for that first movie? I was eight for the first one, eight or nine for the first one. And then for Batman Returns, I was think I was like 11 or 12. Damn. So yeah, yeah. no wonder you like the Snyder Cut. This, mu- this must be like seeing the Jetsons on screen for you, bro. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Wait, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. What? Like, what did you think of like some of the reshot stuff? Because we get, we get Martian Manhunter officially in this in one of like yeah. the post credits or epilogue scenes we finally get the joker in this like what did you think of all of these kind of easter eggs that snyder was like sprinkling throughout all of this so there are two martian manhunter scenes there's a, yes. the first martian manhunter scene of course is when he's talking to to uh he's talking to lois lane and you think that he's martha kent but he's actually martian manhunter that scene i legitimately spilled my popcorn Legitimately, because I I didn't I, I stayed off the internet for the spoilers. I did not know that he was that that was coming. I did not know that that was coming. And also, I saw it a little earlier because I had a screener, so it, I literally did not know that that was coming. I lost it. Did you like that part? Did you like? Were you surprised or did you like it? Or uh, I liked it. I liked it. I liked him. I, I, I liked that. But I if we're that. being cool, because he's he's revealed in in interviews since that that was supposed to be John Stewart. John Stewart would have been way cooler than Martian Manhunter. Might have been, sure. Uh, might have been, might have been. I, I might have been. The two scenes that you're talking about at the end, when you're when we're talking about both the scene that involves uh, the Nightmare timeline, when you have sort of this new ragtag group of Justice Leaguers with the Joker in there, Justice League, or maybe the Suicide Squad. You never know. Uh, it that and the Martian Manhunter scene at the end were. Terrible. Like, terrible. Ooh, like the, the, en- shit. <laughs> the the ending, the, the, the ending Martian Manhunter scene is student film level filmmaking. Like it's terrible. Wait, did you read did you read the New York Times interview with Snyder where he was like, the original plan was for me? Like I he texted like Affleck and uh who plays Joker? Uh Jared Leto. And Jared Leto, he's like, yo, like, let's just put a green screen in my backyard and let's just film this scene really, really quick and we'll put it in the film. And th- I could not get, like, that's not what they did, but I couldn't get that out of my mind because that was like the level of acting and direction in that scene where I was just like, get this man off the screen. Like, get like, get this out of here. So th- there's a couple of things with that. Just staying on the, on, on the Martian Manhunter thing, I just thought the scene at the end was hammy. They called me the Martian Manhunter. I just don't like that's that, that that was very hammy. It was it was it was hammy and it was stupid and it was more than anything it was unnecessary. We had already seen Martian Manhunter. We know that he's going to find his way to the Justice League in some sort of way. We'd already seen him. Like it was hammy. That's the first thing. The nightmare thing is 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 this. I know that they want more movies. I would love to explore the nightmare timeline. Love to. 
stop. Love to explore the Nightmare yeah. timeline. I think that's interesting. I want to see, look, in Superman 2, I think it was, maybe Superman 3, no, Superman 3, Superman, he goes rogue, right? It's, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Superman 3. He goes rogue. And there's like a cool scene in Superman 3 where he goes rogue and he's in a bar drinking. He's got a drinking problem now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen this? No. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No. Superman 3? Man, how old do you think I am? In Superman 3, he starts, he, he's, he's in a bar. Superman's gone bad. It's really crazy. His suit's dirty. He's got a five o'clock shadow. The whole nine. He's in a bar and he's there's peanuts on the bar and he's flicking the peanuts. And he's flicking the peanuts so strong that they're like bullets. You know what I mean? They're like killing glasses and stuff like that, right? Just do, shattering glasses. And when I was a kid, I looked at that and was like, damn, what if Superman went bad? And so I have always been obsessed with that notion. Of course, you get that from time to time. You got that in Injustice. And to see this super hyper-powered version of Superman as an enemy and trying to see in the scene, the, inter- the most interesting thing about the scene was Batman kept saying that they needed the Joker. I'm like, well, why would they need the Joker? What possibly could the Joker have in his arsenal that could have pit him against Kal-El All right, of you the see that? Krypton? All of this confounded me. Like, Martian Manhunter scene confounded me because I'm just like, Batman, Bruce Wayne would never do this. Bruce Wayne wouldn't just see an alien and just be like, oh, yes, you know my secret identity. Of course, join the team. Like, that's everything we know about Batman from the comics to everything. He is distrusting of everyone and him just seeing this alien he's never met and be like, yeah, sure, join the Justice League. Bullshit. The Joker scene, for the similar reason, they never explained why Joker was there and it it was written in such a way where it was just like, fans are going to eat this up. Snyder Cut fans going to eat this up. But there was no... There was no rhyme or reason, even like no. when they were talking back and forth. I'm like, yeah. like the one scene that I did, I, I the one line when like Ben Affleck was like, he was like, I'll fucking kill you. I was like, oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, Word. the Joker was like, the, 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 the Joker was taunting him. You know, he was taunting him over, I, I guess, the death of Jason Todd. Or I guess it, it, or or if it's or if it's Bruce, or if they if they have it being Dick Grayson, I don't know. But you know, he, he this is this is obviously something that has happened in this universe. We saw the costume in the Batcave in Batman versus Superman, so this is obviously something that's happened in this universe. So I mean, that was kind of interesting, but you know. All of those three scenes, even the scene where Deathstroke comes to speak to, there's a scene at the end of the movie where Deathstroke comes to speak to Jesse Eisenberg. And the one thing I really hoped more than anything uh, would come out of the Snyder Cut was no more Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. It just doesn't work. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is a fine actor. He is a fine actor. But I think that we've seen something here. I think that we've seen that portraying Lex Luthor on screen isn't as easy as you think it is. Kevin Spacey, who was everybody's dream to play Lex Luthor, at the time that Superman Returns came out, he fumbled that, okay? And now you have Jesse Eisenberg, which when the casting was first announced, I was like, you know what? That seems to make sense. It's nothing but a sort of step forward from his portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg, the real-life Lex Luthor, in The Social Network. But it has completely not worked. Totally not worked. And didn't really work in this Hot scene. take, only good Lex Luthor on screen. My man from Smallville. Michael Rosenbaum. 
What? Out of your mind. What? Stop. You're, you're such a child. Gene Hackman played Lex Luthor. And Gene Hackman I was fantastic. I can't. I can't. Right as, now. Hold on. Can I ask you a question? Have you seen Superman the movie? Yes. With the okay, crystals? So, huh? With the crystals? Well, yes. Yeah, Superman yeah. the movie with, 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 with Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman playing Lex Luthor. You don't think that Gene Hackman was fantastic as Lex Luthor? No. I can't, I can't mess with it. I can't Okay, we'll move it. on. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing with you? Thanks so much for listening to this special preview. And you can listen to the full pod on the Ringerverse feed from the Ringer Podcast Network.